Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands and Camarillo, California, it is time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the Marketing Geeks. That's right. Welcome to another edition of Marketing Geeks. And this week, we are going to get into the topic of self-publishing, writing your own book and establishing expertise in your specific area. Exciting stuff coming here. Yeah. And not only that, uh, we have a guest that is going to give you some knowledge that I guarantee will uh, will help you out. And then after that, we are going to get into some fan mail. And uh, boy, we have some we have we have some we got an incident that we have to relay to you, our seven listeners. So get excited. We had, we so, yeah, because we had like actually we had six and then one came. We got a new one. So without any further ado, we are the marketing geeks ready to bring you the information and empower you that you need to be successful in the marketing world. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, marketing geeks, we are back again. And I'm so happy to be here. But uh, yes, we have an amazing guest and we will give that information to you and introduce our guest right after we pay some bills. So stand by. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, as a marketer, you know that your website is the most important brand asset that you have for any digital experience. So you need to make sure that uh, you need to have testing and building and optimizing for your site. And that's why there is a solution that is called Pantheon. It's a platform that will give you a Drupal or WordPress experience that surpasses any other platform. What do you think of that? 
In fact, uh, it's actually the only web ops platform built from the ground up for agility. And it actually gives web teams agile superpowers to iterate faster and deliver results. In fact, it's so good that uh, organizations like Coach, Yale University, and ACLU trust Pantheon to keep their sites fast, scalable, and secure. And there's a listener offer. So if you uh, go to pantheon.io slash marketing geeks, Pantheon will uh, give you a special uh, thing. Special welcome, a special welcome yeah. offer. So again, that's pantheon.io slash marketing geeks. You're going to want to check now, that out. Back to the show. And we're back. And thank you for, uh, you know, supporting our sponsors because they are, uh, you know, they make this whole thing possible. And uh, with, uh, with that, we also want to say, if you want to help out the show, you can do it in a number of ways. You can help us on our Patreon page. You can also uh, just leave us a review, like uh, the one that uh, uh, someone did on, uh, on iTunes, which we'll share with you momentarily. But, uh, but you know what? We, what people really love about us is our guests. And the next guest uh, is, uh, is someone who is a, uh, a, a, someone who has published their, uh, their own uh, books, got it on Amazon, uh, became successful in that field. And uh, I would like to introduce Donna Gunter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Donna. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. You're you're the CEO of consulting firm Biz Smart Media, uh, and you're the host of the Main Street Mavericks Radio, and has contributed to a number of publications on topics uh, of authority marketing and personal branding, which is something that I love. So uh, yeah, thanks for for showing up. Uh, you uh, you're in Texas, yeah. Yes, I am. If my accent doesn't nice. give that away, I mean it. <laughs> Everyone can use slightly, that. slightly does. It, does, so it slightly. does betray you a little bit. It does betray you. <laughs> so, uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of uh, your background? Like, tell us how you ended up because you had an interesting uh, story about how you started doing what you're doing. Uh, why don't you fill us in a little bit? Wow. Uh, well, believe it or not, uh, my background is in higher education administration. I used, used to work in college and university housing, and my master's degree is in that, but I burned out of that field. I never believed them when they said that uh, burnout was epic in the higher education industry, and I became one of the victims. And so I, I went then into running a youth center, and this is when I lived in Massachusetts. My accent diminished a little bit, but I never I never pocked my car in the hobby <laughs> the whole time I lived there. <laughs> You never picked up the Boston accent or any of that? No, no well, well, I was in Western Mass, actually, so I was about oh, as far okay. from Boston as you can get and still stay in the state. But all the students there were from the Boston area because that was as far as away from mom and dad as they could get and still pay in-state tuition. Uh, but at any rate, I returned to Texas after uh, some very tumultuous life events and started my own business as a virtual marketing assistant and did that from my... Uh, I moved back to my mom's house. I've gone through a divorce, moved back to my mom's house, opened up my business in her garage, her unheated garage or an uncooled garage, I guess I should say. And this was in 1999. And that business developed and changed throughout the years until I finally closed it in 2014 when I discovered book publishing and the fact that Amazon's what used to be called Create Space and now is called Kindle Direct Publishing made that so much easier for self-publishers published my first book. Uh, some people call it a multi-author book or some people call it an anthology. At any rate, I got nine of my colleagues together, published a book 
published a book about marketing, made it an Amazon bestseller. I was tanked because it was such an easy process. People were ecstatic with their results and people loved being the author of a book and so changed my entire business model and have been doing that since 2014, helping my clients gain notoriety uh, in their industries as well as in their local areas if they happen to have a brick and mortar business by becoming the author of their own book. Most Local businesses are not the author of their own book. Local business owners, that is, aren't the author of their own book. Most don't even conceive that they can do that or why they should do that. So yeah. this puts them uh, heads head and above beyond their competition because if they're a dentist, for example, and publishing their own book, I can pretty much assure that no other dentist within a 30 or 40 mile radius has their own book out about a particular subject area. Yeah, it, it does kind of distinguish um, people. It, it distinguishes them from their competition. Now, one of the things that we've done an entire series in the past on like influence tactics, and we were, we, we kind of went through Robert Cialdini's book influence. And one of the tactics in that book is authority building. And I think that writing a book and just having that designation of published author by your name, um, does magic. And, and I, I know that you've probably realized this because you're, that's your whole business, but there is, there is something that happens when a consumer hears the term, this is a published author. It's not just a, it's not just a run of the mill, you know, dentist. It's a, it's a, it's a dentist who wrote the book on dentistry. It's the person that wrote the book on the subject. It kind of, uh, it creates this entire different feel for their expertise and knowledge. So you've kind of created a business around leveraging, um, well, leveraging that influence tactic and, um, and, and allowing people to create fast authority in their niche. So like specifically, can you share like, uh, like in your experience, like what is, what does this do for people when they, when they become a published author, what, what doors is this opening up for them in their businesses? What are you seeing? Like what kind of results are you seeing for your clients that you help them through this with? Well, some really basic things are, um, I teach my clients not to introduce themselves as their profession, you know, not as an accountant, a, a dentist, a chiropractor, et cetera, at a networking event, but introduce themselves as an author because that still makes people perk up and pay attention. Like you, like you referenced, it's a whole other, it's putting themselves in a completely different category than anybody else at the event. And of course they become way cooler if they produce that physical copy of the book and give out a couple of copies and or autograph a couple of copies to people that'll make people want to take selfies with them. It's like, Oh, well maybe I haven't heard of you, but you must be famous. You know, you've got your book right here. Can I take a photo of you and put this on my social media? I, I didn't know who you were five minutes ago, but now right. I'm just help with you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so all it, it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. Uh, it makes you a media darling. If you're trying to get media attention in your own community, sending uh, the television media, radio media, uh, print media, a copy of your book gets it reviewed, gets you interviewed. If the book is covering a particular topic and a reporter needs an expert on that, you know, people don't throw that book away. Reporters don't throw that book away. Uh, my husband now, is, is that the author. That- is that something that you teach then uh, with your clients is how to leverage the book to get on, you know, media to get on media, like get on television, um, book those kind of appearances. Is that something that you teach as well? Oh, absolutely. As well as leveraging it to make money in your business. The biggest mistake that a lot of people go into this with, or the misunderstanding, I guess, is that they need to sell a lot of books 
to make their money back. And I tell them that you're actually going to make more money by not selling one copy of your book. You need to give it away as to as many people as you possibly can. Give it to your vendors, give it to your current clients, give it to prospects, give it to family, give it to friends, give it to business colleagues. The more people who have that book in hand, the more chances you have of great referrals, having those people give it to people who really need the solution that you're talking about in your book. And then having those prospects read the book, become automatic clients, you know, your ideal clients, and then come and ask to work with you as opposed to you having to do any prospecting on your part. So it becomes then an automatic lead generation system. Yeah. And it's interesting and because it's, a, it's, go ahead, Andres. Well, I was just going to say, because uh, there's a few things that I want to unpack here, because there's actually several different subjects that, that you're talking about. But what was the question that you were about to uh, ask, Justin? Well, I was just going to make the point that it's, it's almost counterintuitive when you write a book. Like most people that write books, they think that the reason they're writing a book is to sell the book. They think that they're writing a book to become a best-selling author and then that's how they're going to make their money. Um, but the counterintuitive part is that, no, the book is what's opening these doors. The book is what's creating your instant authority and celebrity status. Um, the book, uh, you know, so like giving that book away, actually, like you said, is going to do is going to have more power than selling the book for, you know, for 99 cents or $10 or what, or whatever they're, uh, whatever they're getting for it. So, uh, it's just, uh, I think it's almost like a counterintuitive point, but I think a lot of things, when you dive deep into marketing, like a lot of things that you like become counterintuitive. So a lot of this stuff is not just in this section, but I find, I found this in many areas of marketing that there's just things that the way you, uh, the way you think something's going to go and the way it actually works is, is quite different. And then also the, the idea of like giving away your content for free, giving away your, like some of your best educational materials for free. That also I think is something that's counterintuitive that, but it's powerful and it works. So yeah. And, and even if you write a book, no one's going to, no one's going to probably read it anyway. Cause people don't read anymore. <laughs> or, you know, more, so, more people are not going to try to do it themselves. I mean, you know, there, there may be, you know, 1% of your readers that can actually do whatever it is you're talking about. I mean, provided it's not some kind of dermatological procedure or you know, something, some medical yeah. something or something really deep accounting or something, but I took my own gallbladder. <laughs> you did what? You took out your own gallbladder. I I had no insurance, so I just you know. You watched a couple of YouTube videos. You went to YouTube, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> got a rusty butter knife. Just uh, you know, drank a couple of bottles of Grand Marnier and <laughs> good to go. I thought you'd have uh, severe so, vodka or tequila for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I, I uh, first of all, here I, I, a couple of questions. So number one is. Uh, uh, you, you talked about that. Do you normally deal with anthologies or do you help people write an entire book? Well, it's an entire book, but it's not an entire book. Maybe like you're thinking of, you know, I don't, I'm not helping the dentist write the book on everything dentistry. We're doing a one problem, one solution book. That's actually pretty short. It's only 50 to 70 pages. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One of which you mentioned that nobody reads a whole book anymore. You know, I've got a lot of business books sitting on my desk and I just go to the chapter that answers the problem answers, you know, the questions that I have right now about a particular problem that I have. So I, mm -hmm. and with my clients, because nobody reads a 200 page book any longer, they're I'm having them create a very short book that can be read, you know, on a commute, if you're taking the train in or taking the bus into work, waiting for your kids at soccer practice, waiting for your daughter to come from a ballet recital, uh, you know, waiting to go in before uh, a, some type of meeting that you might have. They're usually consumable within 30 minutes. They're written in a way that 
um, you know, has a lot of white space. So you're not becoming completely overwhelmed. And it does quickly answer the problem that you're seeking a solution for. And so, you know, somebody might not read all of it, granted, but they're probably going to read more of that book than they would the 200 page, everything you know about dentistry type of book. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so when, when do you, you normally have, uh, like when the book, when you have a client with a book, is the, are they the singular author in there or are there different dentists that are in this book? Um, I do some anthology books, but the primary number of books that I publish are single author books. It is the, you know, the, the person I'm interviewing is the sole author. If they don't okay. quite and, have the investment for the, for the single author book, then we can look at an anthology series. Now to switch gears a little bit, how do you get your clients? Like how do you market yourself to convince like say the doctor or the mechanic to, uh, to go through this process? Like what, what is your process for finding clients, getting leads and following up? Well, I try to walk on my talk, you know, so part of what I do is, or, you know, because I live in a, a pretty rural area of Texas, there are not a lot of speaking opportunities. So people are hearing about me from through social media and my newest venture, which is, and this is a part of that venture, is get, trying to get myself booked on 60 podcasts in 60 days. I'm on about number 10 at this point um, and giving away my book on that so people can hear about that. But then a podcast is not a one and done kind of event. So I am taking those podcast episodes and recycling those in social media, building my list through uh, other kinds of lead magnets. You know, I've got a pretty healthy list that I've had since I started business in 1999. And uh, using primarily virtual ways, you know, to build my business because of my geographic location. Now, with your with your email list, what are you um, what do you typically use to get people to subscribe to your email list? What kind of a lead magnet? Because you mentioned lead magnet. What are, what are you using to to build that email list? And, and you've been doing it since 1999. So I imagine that's changed over the years. Oh, yeah. So like how, how probably with 30 different lead magnets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. What are you using now? That that? <laughs> the, the current one that I'm, I'm using is uh, how to market your business 10 minutes a day, 60 different ideas for doing that. That's awesome. Now I, I have a question for you because uh, I know that you can help people write books and you help them write them fast. So if you have somebody that's like super, you know, they, they, I mean, everybody claims this, that they're, you know, they're too busy. They don't have time to write a book. They don't have time to do any of this stuff. So how, I mean, what, how quickly can somebody write a book with your process? Like, let's say, let's say you had two podcast hosts, for instance, who've been talking <laughs> about writing a book for a long time, but they don't have the time. What would you say to those two? Just, I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Of course, of course. Well, actually, my clients don't do any writing at all. What I do is fi what? we figure out the topic. Yes, we figure out the topic that they want the book to cover. I come up with a series of questions to ask them. I interview them, and then that interview becomes a book. So, are you transcribing that interview? Is that like a? Is that is it just being transcribing recorded and, and transcribing? editing? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. And yeah, of course, and editing. Okay. Right. Right. Interesting. And so then, Interesting. That, and then there may be you know we, as we look at that you know as we review it there may be some pieces that weren't quite as fully explained as the author would like so we'll go and fill that in or there may be something he has or she has on our website that would make a a good supplement to what we already have there but the bulk of it is conducted yeah. in a forty five to sixty minute interview that's very about ninety percent of the work is done through that. That's interesting. Bingo. Yeah. And my client, really uh, you know, 
other than participating in the, well, you know, we deciding upon the topic, they come up with their talking points because I pre-send them the questions. So they're, they're prepared for the interview. They're, they're one hour participation in the interview. Uh, we touched base a little bit on their cover. They approved the cover design. They approved the final edits. You know, their total time involvement is probably three to four hours. Wow. So, okay. So now you have, you, you have the transcription, you've, you've edited, uh, you, you've, you've edited it down to, um, a workable manuscript. Uh, now switching gears a little bit, you now go through the Amazon process and you know how to get to be an Amazon bestseller based on, uh, hitting certain niches. So the first part is how, what is the process of getting, to Amazon, and you said it, it, in uh, uh, that it's getting a lot easier. But what 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 is the process once you have the manuscript done? How does that work? Well, uh, you have to know how Amazon, uh, Amazon's guidelines for publishing. You know, and I, I, I use Amazon. You know. They, of course, if I did this to Amazon, they would tell me, no, that's Kindle Direct Publishing. Amazon is a different company, which blows my mind. But, uh, you know, for, for brevity, I would use Amazon because normal people understand what that is, even though Amazon doesn't appear to. At any rate, they've got guidelines for formatting of the book. You know, that's uh, since I've been doing that for so long, I actually purchase there, there are some other uh, authors out there who sell templates, word templates, exact precisely for helping you format your book for Amazon print as well as Amazon Kindle. And it's just a matter of, uh, putting your information into those templates, formatting those according to Amazon's guidelines, having the, having your cover created to Amazon's guide, guidelines, uploading everything, and then waiting for them to go to the approval process. Now, speaking of covers, because I, I, I see um, the Make Them Choose You cover. I really like that cover that you created for that. Did you, did you create that on your own? Did you hire someone to do that? I really like that cover. It's catchy. It's got the finger pointing at you, holding the pencil. <laughs> Uh, no, I work with a great designer that I've been using uh, from from almost the beginning since about 2014. I give him the sense of what we're looking for, some colors, definitely the title idea. He doesn't come up with the titles, and then he always comes back with an awesome design. Yeah, wow, this is great. Okay, so so just to recap, because I, I I love this whole process. So number one, you you get your clients, you tell them, hey, uh, I'm gonna we're gonna write a book together. You you make a painless process so they can get the you get the information out of them. You turn it into a manuscript. You go to uh, Kindle Publishing. Now uh, marketing is this something that you advise your clients to do, or is this something that you provide as a service? It really depends. Uh, many of the clients I work with actually have people in their office to help them with their marketing task. But what I'll do is provide them a big picture. So we have a, what, what I call a, a book promotion strategy session and come up with ways that they can integrate this book into their normal marketing activities, whether that's if they're doing billboard advertising, if they're doing television advertising, radio advertising, if they're sending out newsletters to current clients, we, I take a look at their current marketing activities and we come up with a really easy way for them to insert the fact that they're now a book author into those activities and how to use their current strategies to get the book into as many hands as possible. Nice. And, and do you, can you share uh, maybe one or two of those types of strategies? Sure. Um, one of the more popular ones that my clients love to use is becoming a media darling. And so what we will do is there's a, a actually kind of templated letter that I have that they can take as their basis and then, you know, uh, in, uh, better that and add their own voice to it that 
we used to send out to local media. So their local newspapers, television, radio stations, et cetera, to announce the fact that they're, they've published a book. If they've gone through the Amazon bestselling process, they're an Amazon bestselling author and that they're free to talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z topics based on the book and how to book them, you know, how to get in contact with them for a story or for an interview. Yeah. Which is uh, brilliant because, you know, uh, journalism itself is uh, unfortunately getting defunded. Uh, People don't pay for good content anymore. I, I admit that I'm actually one of those, uh, uh, one of those people that I love good journalism, but I don't spend a lot of money on it, but I'm trying to correct myself cause I'm a new age guy. And, um, uh, so, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, if you give people content, uh, to publish, you're doing them a favor because a lot of the, they're, they're just, they just are re- most people are just reprinting stuff nowadays. So this is actually something that's a lot easier than, than people might realize. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, inherently we're all lazy. You know, I'm, I put myself. No, I'm not. You don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) And so the easier you can make somebody's job, the more they love you. I mean, especially if you can give them really good quality stuff that they don't have to rewrite or only modify slightly they will come back to you again and again and again because, hey, why not? You know, you can do for that person in five minutes what might take you three hours to do for somebody else who gives you a bunch of crap. Yeah. So I got a question. So let's say that we leverage the book. So we come out with the book. We're leveraging it for our celebrity status, our authority status. We're getting a, a media appearance or we're getting booked on a, on a stage. Now, with uh, do you teach your clients a, a strategy for how to leverage then like that media appearance or that stage appearance um, to then take to start acquiring people, put them um, through the business? Like, do you teach them to add them onto the email list? Do you teach them to book like strategy session phone calls or like what kind of a... Uh, I'm curious, what would you tell people to do? Like, let's say that they booked a speaking gig from this, uh, from having a book. How would you, what kind of a call to action would you have them do from that gig? Well, say they got a, they got a speaking gig speaking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this locally at their local Qantas club, for example. Um, I would have them ha- have some type of handout or drawing where they're giving away copies of the book. They collect information, name and email address. And, you know, be sure that you're telling people and you have this on the form that they'll be added to an email list. That's one of the quickest, you know, having a drawing where you're giving away things is one of the quickest and easy, easiest ways when you're at a local speaking gig to add people to your email list and to uh, start marketing to them, you know, start reaching out to them. So they eventually will become clients or customers. Gotcha. So for, for your business, um, how do you usually convert somebody? Let's say you get their email, uh, their email address. I mean, do you, do you follow up with them just via email and do you make an offer via email or do you eventually kind of get them onto a, uh, onto a phone call to have a sales conversation? Like how do you get somebody from that email list to become your client? I'm just curious how you do it in your business. Typically what happens is that somebody gets on my email list, they'll follow through an autoresponder series and there's a you know call to action that comes up every so often in the autoresponder series. And that in combination with me sending out regular emails to my list increases my familiarity to that particular prospect. Um, many times they'll show up as a client when I make a specific offer 
to my list or other times I just show up and say, look, I'm, I've been on your email list for three years. I've been thinking about this. Now I'm ready to take action. How do we do that? And so then, you know, we'll book a call. So I don't really call it a sales call per se, because yeah, yeah, typically by the time, well, by the time people come to me, they're pretty much decided they're going to hire me. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you take my credit card and when do we get started? Yeah. yeah. Which is the easiest kind of conversation to have. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to address something here to, you know, to our seven listeners too, which is, this is like such a good example of how to really create the, the, uh, the tribe, but then, uh, create a tribe that you then offer them something. So they come to you rather than, uh, having to hustle. And I think that there's, uh, there's this kind of mentality out there for a lot of entrepreneurs and believe me, I've had it where you you really need to hustle all the time to close deals. And if you do this properly, the way that it seems like you have done it, it's, it's, it's more a matter of, of developing that thing where you can create a tribe and then the tribe kind of comes to you when they're ready to, which uh, that's the way to do it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I really discovered this accidentally. And, you know, I've discovered after, um, I did this for a while that it actually has a name in the marketing community. It's called educational marketing, but I was publishing a lot of how to articles back in the you know, early 2000s when article marketing was all the rage. And I got lots and lots of people to my website, lots of traffic based on the articles that, that got submitted you know, all throughout the internet, the, the interweb as my husband calls it, and people <laughs> coming to me and they would show up literally with, oh, I've spent like three hours on your website reading your content. You know, when can we get started? And that was, that was wonderful. And that, you know, set off kind of yeah. bells in my head saying, ding, 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 you know, the stuff that I do naturally, I'm an, I'm an introvert. I'm not going to be out, you know, partying or dancing on tables or anything. So <laughs> you're going to go to, to me. Burning Man with us. As soon as, this, <laughs> as soon as the show wins an Emmy, you're going to Burning Man with us. <laughs> do podcasts win Emmy on our seat? They do. They will after they hear ours. <laughs> No, we have, we have so many floods. You'll have to have a boat, you know, out here. We, we flood all the time. So I live on, I live in the bayous of, of deep East Texas or Southeast Texas. But at any rate, uh, that's how I discovered that, that whole notion of education marketing, just basically sharing what I know. And I found that to be yeah. the case, you know, at networking events, you know, I'd do a speech talking, you know, doing kind of a how-to thing and people would flock to me because it, and it was really easy for me. It was stuff that I thought, well, gosh, you know, everybody knows this. And I realized, oh, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? So, so this brings up uh, last week, we had this really great guest uh, who uh, told us about kind of the secrets of Pinterest. And so one of the things that she does is she will uh, do this type of article, but she's kind of mastered the way that Pinterest's algorithm works best. And so she creates these really cool graphics in Canva to uh, that are that that relate back to the article on her website. And uh, I thought that was uh, brilliant. So this is this is that same sort of, of thing where you're uh, making content. And this is another strategy that a lot of uh, uh, that I like to use, although I, I, I need to learn how to use it more effectively. Uh, but I'm just I want to really learn it. Justin's great at this, which is you create uh, SEO key rich words for these articles. And then uh, when people look up these particular queries, 
uh, if you word them correctly, they'll show up towards the top. And uh, that's a great way to, to lead people to your site. Yeah, I was just going to add too that again, this is kind of what I was saying earlier that the, the whole idea of how to marketing, this is like one of those counterintuitive things where you're basically giving people the solution to their problem ahead of time. Um, but because people are naturally lazy, like we mentioned earlier, except for Andros, everybody but Andros is naturally lazy. Um, they are going to come to you Damn because straight. ultimately th- th- what you've done is you've established yourself as a credible expert that can solve their problem. And that's all they were really looking for. They weren't actually looking to do it themselves. They were looking to find somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, and then they want to come to you and have you do it for them. So it's in a, in a sense though, I know that there are more, there are people out there cause I, I go to chamber events still, uh, there are business owners that are afraid to like give away this information because they're afraid people are going to do it themselves. It's like, why would they hire me if I, if I tell them what to do? But the reality is that's just not how business works. Well, <laughs> it's just how, not how it works. It's so it's funny yeah. that, you know, you I kind of like that name. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's, a, it's a very wise <laughs> person once said, make them choose you. You know who said that? You know who said that? Who? You know I don't. Who said I that? imagine it's like you Spock or someone though. <laughs> no, it could be. It could be. It's oh, our guest, okay. Donna I, Gunther. I was she ready for Star Trek. Has, she has that URL. No, even better. It's the person oh. you're talking to. The it's, title uh, of the book. Uh, the title of the book. Okay. The yeah, I, I don't know why I missed that, but I was like, you know, you, you asked me a question like that. I'm just assuming like, oh, crap, I, I missed my Star Trek reference. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you, uh, you just didn't read our, I uh, guess, bio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Donna has a, a, a free uh, action plan that she's willing to give our seven listeners. And you want to talk about that? Sure. I call it the book action plan. And these are questions you can ask yourself to figure out the topic of your book and maybe a little bit of the content of the book. And then when you get that done, you can contact me then because we can actually put that into action and create the book from what you started. and. Um, that's a free giveaway if you get my book, but for the listeners, you can actually get a downloadable, downloadable copy of my book, make them choose you, how local business owners can double their business, get customers consistently and have more free time without being held hostage by expensive marketers by visiting make them choose you.com forward slash MG for nice. marketing. I like geeks. that. So make them choose you.com forward slash MG marketing geeks. Yeah. I like it. So uh, you should, hopefully uh, you'll get at least seven people. Who will, <laughs> who will download this? Like each of what well, we have seven listeners. So it's, uh, you know, we actually. Well, I'll send it to my husband and one of his friends. So you'll have two more of them. All right. Well, <laughs> right. Well, well, what tonight. happens is that we always lose two though. If we add two, then we're going to lose two. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> so first of all, uh, you know, I, I'd like people to just go visit just to see how someone can do this. And uh, if you're a marketer who wants to, you know, start generating passive income, like we all do, this is, this is a really good template on how to, how to do this. Uh, the content itself is also great because it's uh, really helping people with kind of a problem they didn't realize that they had. Uh, so it, 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 these types of things are definitely valuable. And that's why, I, you know, uh, I love having uh, guests like you on because you, you, you can break, you break, you, you are living the system that you are teaching people to do in a way. Right. Absolutely. I wouldn't have a business without it. So, so what, so for you, like, uh, let me ask you this question. When you were 
you mentioned you were in education, yeah? Right. So when you were in education, did you have a, a like an entrepreneurial spirit? Was there a feeling that you could ditch that job and live life on your own terms? Was there, was there a turning point when that happened? There was the dream I could do that. Uh, my job in residence life, you know, students don't have uh, emotional crises or physical crises, you know, between the hours of eight and five. It's really a 24-7, 365 day a year job, which is what led me to burnout. And uh, it, it, where I was at the time in Massachusetts, the state had, had major higher education financial crises. They were talking about shutting the institution down because, you know, we were so far from Boston that we, we, we were almost in, we were closer to New York and Vermont, quite frankly, than we were uh, our capital of, of the state. And so there were lo- just lots of pressures there, staff cutting, you know, when it got to the point where I was doing the, the job of three people and being told that I should be grateful I had a job, that's when I started looking elsewhere. And uh, my being sick every day didn't help things, Matt, things at all, you know, because the, the psychological toll of all the stress mm. was really wearing on the body. And so uh, I actually found a mentor in those days, you know, that was really before the internet or right at the beginning of, of having internet access. But a woman named Barbara Winter had written a book called Making a Living Without a Job. And that kind of became my Bible of sorts of my self-employment Bible. Um, but it took me a little while to get to the point where I actually did step out and start my own business. Um, I found out really quickly when I got into this, you know, offering marketing services that everything I'd ever learned in higher education was marketing, but we didn't call it that. We called it programming, you know, the ability to create an educational program that was enticing enough to keep college students on campus instead of going out and getting drunk at the off-campus keg party. Hey, that's marketing. (laughs) That's true. That's That's good marketing too. (laughs) That's good. That's good marketing. Exactly. And finding ways to keep them out of, you know, whatever keg party, whatever alcohol fueled event that was going on on any given night or any given week weekend was was all marketing and so I took those uh, skills that I didn't really know, really know that I had that were actually business related and was able to generalize what I've been doing there into marketing and it's become just a you know phenomenal success wow. for me and made life really really fun you know in, in Robert Greene's uh, excellent work which I recommend to everybody uh, the uh, the um, it's called mastery I don't know if you have you read that Donna no I have not it's it's incredible. He uh, Robert Greene, who wrote the Forty Eight Laws of Power, uh, he speaks of uh, a uh, like the artist or the professional that has to put ten thousand hours into something to become a master, right? And uh, those ten thousand hours are not necessarily related to the thing you eventually do. They could be you know three thousand hours from this or seven thousand hours from that. So you know. Uh, I think after dealing with a lot of uh, hormonal teenagers, the thought of <laughs> like ready, like even like just running out. Oh, neither, these are 20 and, and 21 year olds. These are young adults, Andres. So uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to write a movie that uh, like Judd Apto would direct because this, uh, the story that, that you have from this experience must be crazy. Like being, like having that type of job, the, the, you must have like some incredible stories. Uh, the second thing is I, I, how, how do you, what's your, like, 
does it infuriate you that they keep cutting education costs and paying teachers less and less money, which is attracting the worst talent possible who will, you know, people who will stand to work for this low amount of money. And, uh, then, uh, then it, 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 it just becomes like hard for people like you, like good people to work in that kind of conditioning. Like what, what's your take on all of that? Well, I didn't work in public education, you know, like K through 12 and all. I was always in higher education, but a similar thing was going on there. You know, in public education, teachers are taking money from their own salaries to buy school lunches for kids, to buy school supplies for kids. That's crazy. In higher, yeah, that, in higher education. In higher education, I remember I like my boss wouldn't even buy business cards for her. So I'd go to a conference. I didn't have a business card to pass around because, you know, she said those weren't legitimate expenses. But the the bigger issue is, you know, the role that athletics play in college to the degree that, you know, I have I, I won't disclose any names, but I had a student involved in a really serious, I mean, very like would be a felony offense in the real world um, issue. And the vice president of student affairs let him off the hook. He's making us a lot of money as a good athlete. Bas- yeah, <laughs> he was the star basketball player. But yeah. in the real world, <sighs> he would have he would have gone he if convicted. He would have gone to jail for twenty years for this offense. Yeah. And so we we live in a world where people are committing outrageous crimes and nothing is happening, and that that is. Uh, that's across the board, folks. I'm not, I'm not naming any names. I'm just saying across the board, you see this happening. Well, first of all, what would you say to somebody who was afraid of losing like the golden handcuffs, like a job that they know is secure, but isn't good for them Mm -hmm. suffering burnout. You took that leap. What would you say to someone who needed to take that leap? You know, sometimes it's not what you say, but it's how low you will go. I mean, I I tell this story not to shock anybody, but it's absolutely true. I was driving to work one day and I was, this was when I was at my most stressed, you know, working the three jobs for the price of one. And I was on the way from rolling the way to work and there was a fuel truck in front of me. And I simply thought, oh, I could just end it all now. If I, if I pulled in front of this fuel truck, I'll blow up and I'll die. And I knew then that my limit had been reached that I needed to do something different because there was no doubt in my mind that I was probably going to die from some illness brought on by extraordinary stress. And yeah, so burnout is real folks. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just been this, I think it's just been claimed as a legitimate medical disability. You know, I wish I'd known that 20 years ago because it literally took me yeah. probably 10 years to get past that. And I still have nightmares to this day, 20 years after having left the job, over 20 years after having left the job so about that let me job. Ask you this. When, you, when you, when you did jump out and you, you left your job, like how, um, did you struggle for a while? And like, was it like, how scary was it when you first like made that leap and like, how amazing did you feel when you finally realized that it was going to work and you like things started turning the corner? Well, um, I probably slept the first month after leaving. Um, and honestly, because I was so exhausted, because uh, I was I was at that point about working 80. I think oh. I was working 80 hours a week at that, at that point. <laughs> I've um, worked in corporate America. I get it. <laughs> and uh, but I, you know, I did something that I wouldn't recommend anyone else do, but it worked at the time. You know, I had. 65 days of unpaid vacation time. And so I, instead of putting that into retirement, I actually took that out and we lived on that, 
you know, in addition to my husband's salary for a year while I figured out what I was going to do. I did actually in the meantime start a business that wasn't very successful. It was in the crafts industry and because that was a hobby of mine. And I discovered for me at least that turning a hobby into a job made it where it was not fun anymore. So I wouldn't yeah. advocate have you ever going read that the E-Myth, uh, Have you ever you've heard of E-Myth Mastery? That book? Yes, you yes, know? I've got that. Yeah, that yeah. one, they talk about like the pie maker and the, <laughs> that's a very, uh, yeah, it doesn't always, just because you love something doesn't always mean it's going to translate into an awesome business idea. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. And so I went back then and, and ran a youth center, you know, after I, had my unsuccessful foray into entrepreneurship, but my second foray was the the successful one, even though I was, you know, in a place where uh, I was in the midst of a divorce from my husband, moved from Massachusetts back to Texas, moved back into my childhood home, had no local prospects, but used contacts that I'd made online in the previous year, as well as internet marketing skills to build a business for my small town of 8,000 in deep rural East Texas, you know, where they were just above using two tin cans with a string, you know, for telephone service. And I, you know, I, I exaggerate, that's a little exaggeration, but not a whole lot. No, no, not a lot. I, 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 I used to work for Comcast. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> well, you know, one thing, one thing I want to address, address here though, just, and, and this is more like just about the Netherlands versus the U S one of the things I love about this country is that, uh, first of all, I pay outrageous taxes. It's like 40, sometimes 45%, which is fine. <laughs> You know why it's fine? Because over here, if you get burnout, you go see the doctor and they say, okay, we'll check it out. They do a few tests and they're like, yep, you got burnout. And then you can uh, take uh, a lot of time to recover. You can take almost two years and you get your full salary. And uh, people, people like recover faster here. It's, uh, it's quite something. It's quite something. So anyway, I, I you know, it's, yes, is that the new third world country in terms of medical? Care? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that we have a workforce that people are complaining about, you know, uh, being able to find jobs, but they're working people to death over there. I mean, it's like, it's, it's insane. The average, the average American gets two weeks vacation a year. Right. And they don't, they don't the all average, take it. They don't all take it too. You know? Most don't yeah. take it. Most yeah. don't take it over here. Mandatory. You have to give your employee three months. If you've signed them on full time, you got to give your employee three month vacations. You have to and pay them. Wow. Yeah. And they, and you, That's and you amazing. have to take them. You're, you would get fined as a company if you keep your employee there. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. It's so well, amazing. Well, not only, you know, do we, Huh? I said, well, we have, there's such little in vacation offered in the U S it's, it's not being allowed to take it. You know, I mentioned that I lived off my vacation pay. I had 65 days of unpaid vacation. That was the maximum that I could accrue because I was not allowed to take vacation. Or if I was, it was closely monitored as to when I could do it. And it was only, you know, one month in the late fall and one month see, in the winter. It's like, who the hell wants to take vacation? That's then? the point. <laughs> that's I like, I like, I've been there where it's just like, Hey, I want to take a vacation right this time. Oh, well, looks like Bob already asked for that time off. So ooh, you're going to have to cover for those two days. I just, it's just like, well, what if I don't come in? Well, you've got five write-ups if you get two more. And that's a two write-up thing if you don't show up for your shift. So, you know, that, that puts you on final probation. It's like, it's like, ugh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, uh, where can we find you, uh, Donna? Where, where's like, where's like the best place to see your stuff, get a hold of you, uh, the whole shebang if they want to work with you? Well, my website is bizsmartmedia.com. 
And that's the entree to everything about Donna and BizSmart Media, links to all social media profiles, contact forms, et cetera. Great. Request and, for strategy sessions. And then uh, the, our listeners can get a copy of the ebook from where again? From makethemchooseyou.com forward slash MG. Okay. Very good. Very good. And finally, uh, what are you, what are you most geeky about? Like what, what's, what's the geekiest thing that you're into right now that's marketing related or not? Uh, we talked about well, this at the top of the show. Right. Yeah, <laughs> not, I don't know if I'd say necessarily right now, but my family has always thought I was so weird because I would, I, when I was a child, I loved the original episodes of Star Trek and was fascinated by that science fiction and all of that. And I'm just, you know, I've seen, I've seen all of the Star Trek series now and all the movies, and I'm just always amazed at how much that our real life from the tablets you see them use on, you know. Deep Space Nine or, you know, any of the other series, The Next Generation, to the communication devices, they've all manifested themselves in real <laughs> so life. Yeah. And, and you know, was Gene Roddenberry that visionary or did our society develop as a result of Star Trek? That is the circular question that I will never, will probably never know the answer. Well, you know, the, the people, the people that he got to write the show were like really well-known science fiction writers at the time. My, my dad, my dad was a science fiction writer. He wrote Star Trek. He wrote some of those original episodes. Had a very, uh, large impact on me and I, I don't recall the name of it but it was about the society that they encountered and there there were two societies in this world that were at war and so instead of actually arming them with weapons and sending them to war they would do a calculation of how many people would be killed in battle and send those people to a chamber where they would just you know be evaporated and so that's how they fought their war. And that, that has stuck with me. I mean, I saw that. I must have been only like nine or 10 years old when I saw that. That has stuck with me to this day of, wow, what a way to fight a war. You know, how, how far are we, how far removed are we from that particular ideology yeah. at this point? You know, that, I feel that way about The Running Man, because in The Running Man, there was this one scene when, uh, when uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger killed one of the gladiators and they took a, like a quick digital like a copy and made it look like the other guy was killed, like the, the good guy. And it, right. it, it uh, I don't know if you remember that scene, running man, if you haven't seen it, you got to see Arnold Schwarzenegger's oh, running great, man. Great movie. And not oh just that, God, but that whole concept of like a reality television show before reality TV show even existed. And like, they're like using reality TV show to kill each other. I mean, we're not that far off from that. So <laughs> no, 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 we're not. <laughs> I just, not, not one bit. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I love the, the mythos that was created. And I think, I think it represents like a, an element of hope that we are, you know, this is, this, we're in the middle of the sixth great extinction. And if we can get through the next, you know, 200 years, we can get through the next thousands and go to the stars. And uh, so I, I think that we're, we're up against that kind of existential crisis. And I think that uh, that show kind of like was the first like bubbling up of that kind of gestalt that we're all kind of feeling on some level in this planet, I think, you know, I think so too. And to kind of bring this full circle and, you know, back to the topic of books, one of my favorite things in the next generation episodes of Star Trek was that the captain Jean-Luc Picard had a library of physical books that he deliberately brought with him and chose to read that way as opposed to anything electronic. Yeah, that was pretty. And so to me, that says, uh, that speaks just volumes, no pun intended, of, of the value of books in society, even printed books 
despite the fact that, you know, even I've gone digital for the, you know, 99% of what I do, but printed books will outlast us all. Oh yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. they will. Uh, as long as new world or what was the book where they burn all the books? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that doesn't happen. I, so, so last question, how pumped are you for the Picard show? Like, come on. Oh, I've seen the, uh, the trailer and I am psyched. Like, I just, I can't wait to see what they're going like to do that's with it. Gonna be, you know what? Because I, I have a feeling this is going to be good because they finally realized like number one, Game of Thrones broke television. So what you can do with a multi-leveled story that span like a, you know, a, a, a 10 hour movie. And uh, I, I, I don't think that, that uh, Patrick Stewart would have taken it unless it was a really good idea. So, uh, right. So yeah. I, I, I read thing. he, he had a lot of input on that and, and didn't want the same old, same old, and only agreed to do it because it was mind blowing. Yeah. So, uh, something we can all look forward to. That's, that's one of the geekiest things I'm most looking forward to. Well, uh, Donna, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Uh, I, I, uh, it, it, when you get your podcast going, you got to have uh, us on your show. Um, but, uh, but I, I think that you, you really have something awesome here and I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing it. So one last time, um, let's give that URL one last time. Uh, Donna, you want to give the URL? Sure. For the book? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Get, you can get, make them choose you at the website and make them choose you.com forward slash MG. So everyone listening, make sure to go and get a copy of that book. Um, you're going to find all the details of what we've just heard here and how to kind of take this into action. So be sure to go there. Don, it's been awesome. Awesome. Having you on the show. And for sure, if you, if, and when you get your podcast started, we want to, we want to be on it. <laughs> All right, sounds great. Okay, guys, so uh, I learned a lot here today. Uh, so I am grateful to uh, Donner, Donna Gunter, who, uh, Gunter, of course, is my favorite, one of my favorite characters on Adventure Time. And uh, for those of you who don't watch Adventure Time, uh, all you need to know is Gunter is the most evil being in the entire universe, <laughs> uh, but in the body of a penguin. Imagine if, like, Thanos was like in a penguin. Now, just to be fair though, you're not comparing our guests to that Gunter. You're just making a No, I just point. say I just I just say I'm just saying that when like absolutely not. I'm just saying that Gunter, the name Gunter is uh the name of one of my favorite adventure time characters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh so everybody go watch it. Uh you we uh we're taking a segment uh that we like to call Customer reviews. Customer reviews. <laughs> you have a you have a review you want to read uh, about a show. I, I do. Yeah, let me. Uh... Hold on, where is it? Oh. Yes. Okay. So this is a review that comes from uh, one of our listeners, Younger Ninety Nine. Um, unsubscribing. Intro is too long, too much joking around and talking about TV shows and movies and more wasting of time talking about sex robots. This podcast has maybe 10 minutes of meat, but I listen while bike commuting and can't skip the wastefulness while riding. So long. Well, thank you, Younger 99, for that wonderful, wonderful review and being one of our, being one of our seven listeners out there. I think he dropped off. Um, he, my, we, 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 he dropped off and then we, we had someone else... <laughs> Come on, right, Wendy? 
Younger ninety eight. Yeah. Younger ninety eight came on. Younger ninety nine. We can go through. Off. We can go through a hundred of them before we're we have we have to like look like actually look for other subscribers. What's yeah. your thought on that? How do you feel? I, mean, about I think that? my yeah. my response. Well, I mean, my my response, my main response to this is that um, if you're if you're listening to the show only to learn, I mean, we're not like a we're not like a college class. I mean, we're not here to like only teach. We're here to entertain. Isn't that I, part of what we do I, here on Aren't we like partial? Like here to entertain. Our chit chat is supposed to be like somewhat engaging. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's terrible. Maybe like we're the worst <laughs> part of our own show. I have no I, idea. Uh, yes, and. Uh, I think that, uh, when you say entertaining, uh, I hope you are using that term very loosely, like, like your definition of, yeah, yeah, I know it's not, it's not actually entertaining. It's me. I entertain myself. So if I'm entertaining myself, (laughs) I usually feel pretty good about it, but I, I mean, apparently there's something about entertaining others. But I will say uh, this, if it was like 10 minutes of me, let me tell you something. That is the finest sirloin you've ever sunk your marketing teeth into, buddy. (laughs) That is Taco Bell sirloin sirloin. (laughs) So let me tell you, younger 99, since you're unsubscribing and you're not going to listen to this anyway, uh, thank you for your feedback. And uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're not, we, we are here to, uh, yes, to entertain. And I'm, I'm actually a little hurt that he doesn't like the sex robot report, which we haven't done in a while, but see, and that's, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, like a month he just, he just wrote this because why, why unsubscribe he, now? Like we haven't, why it's unsubscribe like we, now? we haven't done them in yeah. months. <laughs> like he didn't hear my story, obviously, which was, you know, where I like <laughs> about everything that was going on. And, uh, dude, all I could say is like, I'm, it's okay. You can't, you can't please everybody. And, and I, you're right. I'm not doing it for younger 99. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you. Other folks, you other seven listeners. No, I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for this guy. I, I have, I honestly, this is some of the highlights of my week is doing this show. I really love yeah. it. But, uh, but what I want to say is that if, I mean, if you truly only want amazing content, like MIT has, you can listen to their courses, like go find like the MIT courses, listen to their business courses, and they will give you pure content with none of the banter, with none of the sex robots, with none of the TV show and movie reviews. And then I think you're going to be in heaven. And, 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 and for those of you who might be going, yeah, younger 99 is all right. He understands my problem with this show. For those of you, uh, I, I don't know. I have no answer. It's not going to get better than this. <laughs> yeah, this is as good as it gets. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> if you're expecting miracles, I mean, look, one day I may have Keanu Reeves on there, but then you'll hear about it. Right. It'll be like all over the place. Yeah. So I got, I got a review. I got a review. I want to read. Okay. 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 Here we go. Here we go. All right. This is a review. I'm reading this uh, from iTunes. Um, Let's see. Three stars. Morning radio, quote, like banter sprinkled with knowledge. Uh, I'm constantly skipping and forwarding their shows to get the content they advertise as the title. Intro too long, jingle. Sorry, it's not too long, folks. I, I mean, let us know. If it is, we'll cut it down. Uh, then they talk about themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Come on. <laughs> then we make some jokes. 
and then get into the topic at hand eventually. Uh, I, eventually, eventually, does that mean like like when when we get into the topic, we're no longer funny? Like, does that mean? That's what I mean. Yeah, I think this sounds like the same guy. It could like, be. These, I mean, these guys would get know, along. I, I mean, I'm hysterical, according to me. So I, I you know, I, but I'm not, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I got to admit, I, I got some haters out there. So, um, I mean, the intro, the intro is a minute. So, I mean, there's a lot of shows out there, like one minute. I mean, maybe that's borderline too long, but I mean, really, is it too long? I don't know. Maybe. All right. Maybe, maybe we should switch it up. I, I, I'll take this to heart. Um, if they would. Yeah, yeah, we can take this. This is this is, this is a valid. This, this is, is constructive criticism. criticism. Never listen yes. to the one star reviews because those are always the hater. Listen to the two and the three star reviews because they, they they've got some legitimate concerns. So I'm taking this to heart. Uh, if they would cut to the chase from the start, uh, then sprinkle banter amongst themselves or jokes later. So save the don't be funny <laughs> off the air. <laughs> no. He didn't say off. He didn't say off the air. But I'm oh, you like, all the, you all have no air, idea right? what we talk about once we hit the stop record button. It's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if uh, if they had uh, sprinkled some banter amongst themselves or jokes later, I would have given it a four star or higher. The skipping to get to the annoys me personally. So by the time they speak relevant content, you're peeved. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. In marketing, attention from your audience is the new currency. I mean, you know what? So it's a car wreck. It 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 it, it really gets attention. And so every week, ladies and gentlemen, you can come and listen to what a car wreck would sound like if it were a podcast. That's <laughs> so. Uh, in closing, let me be clear: when you actually get to hear advice or the topic, those guys do in capitals, have a solid insight and knowledge. Thank you, Chris. Chris, well, thank S, you. Uh, thank Chris you for S, that. We appreciate seven, eight, that. Seven. Uh, and then finally, I know they are constantly trying to better their podcast, so I will keep listening and change my rating. I promise as they improve. You know, Chris S787, uh, who left a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, thank you, actually. And I've learned something here today. What have you learned? I have learned that uh, it's incredibly hard to uh, get iTunes on a on a piece of paper. It doesn't. It's really like I, iTunes reviews <laughs> on a piece of. It's it, it's weird. It's like weird technology. I don't. I don't know. It is kind of strange it. how that works. Now, can I can I read our our five star recent review too? I want. I want to yeah, read do that. Star. Do let's, that. Let's do that. Okay, because I I do have. Let me just pull it out here. Okay. I do have this one. I know it's, it's weird that we have them all written on paper, but it's somehow we have them that way. Uh, this one says it comes from virtually Natalie. Heaps of inspiration. Justin, Andros, and their talented guests talk all things marketing, but it's so much more than that. You'll get tons of actionable advice and tangible tips, but you'll also get heaps of inspiration from truly engaging individuals that have been where you are and want to see you succeed. Thanks so much for putting out a spectacular show, Justin and Andros. Keep up the great work. Oh, virtually Natalie. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) You know what? You know what? You filled my bucket. That's what I tell my son. It's like when he does something that like hugs me, I go, you filled my bucket. And uh, that's, uh, there's a book, uh, the bucket, bucket dippers. If if you, uh, if you are a parent, uh, then uh, the book, the bucket dipping, the, the bucket filling book. It's called the bucket filling book. It's great. It's great. I don't know, but that sounds like um, illegal. That's what it sounds like to me. 
uh, only in uh, Alabama. So, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, with that, another fine, fine edition of the Marketing Geeks comes to a close next week. And keep uh, keep the reviews coming, people. We're going to start reading the reviews on the show, whether they're one star, whether they're three star, whether they're five star. I want to read the reviews on the show. We love you guys. especially younger 99 we do love you we appreciate that you were a subscriber even though you're gone now maybe we can have you back at some point uh if our show gets any better but it won't so (laughs) uh you know and if you have a question uh reach out to us we're actually we're on social media now thanks to my my thanks to the wonders of technology yeah so uh you know follow us but ask us a question too we'd love to hear you know any questions that you may have we want to find out what you guys are up to Uh, and if you listen to the podcast through the anchor app so if you go to anchor.fm and listen to the podcast through the app you can actually leave us voice messages no way you can actually leave voice messages to the show that we could play on the air so uh yeah yeah, find it on anchor.fm listen to the show there and leave us voice messages oh my god i'm gonna totally do that i'm gonna leave a message for myself (laughs) you get a prank call the show i'm gonna gonna be like andres your butt smells (laughs) and with that 